0: Okay. It, it. Broadcasting live from the great county of Gaston, stretching east to Belmont and west to Cherryville, you are listening to Spooky Citizen AM, a Poltergeiston County podcast with your host, Art Kell.
1: A good midnight to you. For those of you that are first-time listeners, I bid you welcome. And it's very fortunate you're tuning in on such an auspicious night as this. Although I have to tell you, this is a bit of a departure from our regular programming. Not that our regular show would be considered normal by any means. This is our yearly Halloween show where we take a break from our normal discussions and focus on the topic of the paranormal. We're accepting callers from all across our wonderful county, and folks, I want you to know, I take this very, very seriously, and I expect you to take it seriously as well. I don't want any crank calls. I want you to call in with the absolute best story of the supernatural or unexplained that you have, whether it be a haint, A spirit, a specter, a phantasm, a goblin, ghoul, ghost, or otherwise ghastly apparition. I want to hear about it. And I want it to be real. We don't screen these calls. We never have, and we never will. It is currently 11.30pm right now, approximately half an hour before the official start of Halloween. And as I can feel the veil between our world and the next growing increasingly thin, I think now would be a good time to depending upon your disposition. Either dim the lights and ignite a candle to set the proper atmosphere. Or, if you are sensitive to this kind of thing, turn the radio off. I don't want your scarred psyches on my conscience. With all of that out of the way, let's take our first caller. Bessemer City, you're on the line. Uh,
2: Hello, this is Linda from Bessemer
1: City. Hey, Linda. What do you have for us?
2: Well... First, I just want to say that I love your show, and I thank you very much for having me on. I listen to your show every night while I fold my laundry.
1: Well, thank you very much, ma'am. Tell me, what's your story?
2: (sighs) Okay. This story didn't actually happen to me. It happened to my grandmother. Now, I'm 66, and my grandmother told me that this happened to her when she was a little girl. I don't remember what age she said she was, but she said she was small. Our family owns a little piece of land in Bessemer City, and it's some heavily wooded property right now, so I imagine it was the same back then. Anyways, my grandmother said that when she was little, her and a friend would go out there and play in the woods. Well, one day, she said they were playing at the base of a tree, and they saw a lady dig herself up out of the ground at the base of the trunk of the tree there and ask them if they knew where her daughter was. They were scared, obviously, but she said that they both kind of shook their heads. No, you know how you do. And my grandmother said that the lady got back in the hole she came out of and covered herself up back with dirt. And, of course, her friend ran away and never came back to that spot again.
1: All right. Whoa there. Back up. The lady dug herself up out of the ground? With her hands? Did your grandmother give any description of the lady? Was she normal-looking, or...?
2: Yes, just with her hands. My grandmother said that she looked like a really, really old woman. That's the best she could describe it. Like, real thin old woman.
1: My gosh. I would never set foot in any woods again.
2: Well, that's not the only story from those woods. My uncle said that when he would have a sleepover at the house on that property, he would lay awake at night. Would swear that you could hear a hoofed feet stomping around outside the house, like a big horse or a couple of horses. But, of course, there were no horses on that property. There's other stories too, but I don't know if you have time for them.
1: Uh maybe next time. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, one other thing, Bart, Last night on your show, you mentioned the picture of the Bigfoot that was given to you by that hunter. How can I get that photo?
1: I will take down your number, and I'll fax it right over to you. How about that? Thanks, Bart. Thank you very much for the call, Linda. Good grief, can you imagine? You're playing in the woods, and a woman emerges from the ground? Ugh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. That begs the question, then. What the heck was that? If it appeared as opaque and solid as me, or as you, was it a ghost? A vision? Was it something animating some remains that have been buried there the mind boggles let's go ahead and take another caller hello where are you calling from <coughs> sir you're on the line sir go ahead <coughs> sir I, I i can't quite make out what you're saying can you turn the radio down, sir? Or if you're driving, please pull over. <sighs> okay. I don't know what that was about, but let's continue on. And just a reminder, I'm looking for authentic, real experiences. This show is not about prank calls and falsifications, okay? Town of Dallas, you're on the line.
3: Hey Barcelona.
1: Turn down your radio, Terry, please.
3: Oh, shoot. Sorry about that, Bart.
1: It's okay. Now, what's your story?
3: Well, the story takes place a number of years ago. I was with a group of friends, and we were having a party, and somebody broke out a
4: Ouija
1: board. Oh, boy. That is never a good thing. Many people think that Ouija boards are toys, but I can assure you they are not. They are tools or instruments. I know from experience that they are not to be trifled with. Well,
3: yeah, I certainly believe that now, but at the time we all thought it was fun and games. I mean, we were partying, you know. It just seemed like a fun way to spook each other out.
1: Oh, that'd do it.
3: Right, so this was in the middle of the night. I don't know, maybe two or three in the morning?
1: Don't things like this always happen around that time?
3: Yeah, so we we dimmed the lights, and one of the girls got some candles out. We popped down the Ouija board on the floor in front of us, you know, and we all just looked at each other, and somebody said, who should we try to contact? And I said, well, I actually have an ancestor that supposedly worked at a speakeasy here in Dallas back in Prohibition days. And he supposedly died under mysterious circumstances. Let's try to summon him and talk to him about what happened in his final hours. They all thought that was cool, so we all put our hands on the board and started trying to get in contact with Edmund. Edmund was the fellow's name. And as one of his relatives, all of my friends looked to me to say something. So I said, I'd like to speak to Edmund, please. I laid a call upon the spirit of Edmund.
1: Well, and did that bring forth Edmund?
3: Well, it brought something forth. The board started moving, and as it moved across the letters, we wrote them down, as you do, and it said, This is Edmund. Of course, I think we were all still under the impression that it was a big goof and somebody was moving the board around. But then I asked, What happened to you? And the Ouija board said, I can't tell you. So I asked, why can't you tell us? And the Ouija board said, can I come in? So, given it was my relative and all, and because we wanted to know the answer, of course I said out loud, yeah, you can come in.
1: Oh, a big mistake. One should never assume that if an entity that one is communicating with via a Ouija board asks to come in, that it is referring to the physical space in which you were performing the ritual. It is, in fact, asking for permission to enter inside. Of you.
3: Lord, right, I swear I know a lot more about this kind of stuff now than I did then. And had I known then what I know now, I wouldn't have done what I did. But I said yes, and we all went real quiet. It was like the mood shifted. It's hard to explain, but it's like the mood before was kind of fun. Like we were partying and whatnot and didn't take it too serious. But after I told the thing that it could come in, it's just like a dark wave of energy consumed the room.
1: Yes, ma'am, I am all too familiar with that sensation.
3: What happened next, I can't quite remember. But I had a feeling of dread and got so overwhelmed that I just blacked out. Only, my friends all claimed that while I was blacked out, there were voices coming out of my mouth. Tina, my friend at the time, started praying over me. And I sort of groggily woke up.
1: Okay, hold on. There were voices coming out of your mouth? How does that even work? I can't let you just gloss over that.
3: Okay, so when I came to, they told me that there were at least three different voices coming out of my mouth. But they said my mouth wasn't moving. They also said that when they touched me, I was freezing cold. Of course, they were all worried because they thought I was dead.
1: I can imagine. If I can ask, how has this impacted you?
3: I don't tamper with things like that now, I'll tell you that. What happened to us was not just somebody messing around. I sincerely believe that what
1: happened was real. Well, I believe so, too. Thank you so much for the call. And, listeners, I believe what happened to her. Do you? Trust me, folks. Ouija boards are a very effective instrument. If you look for... things with them, you will indeed find them. I have a story, but I will never tell it on air. It scares me to my core, and I don't want to talk about it. But I can imagine that Terry's friends were worried. To be possessed? At a party? Good grief. Talk about a buzzkill. With that, let's take a sponsor break.
4: It's nail time! Nails! Nails! Can you believe it? Nails! If you have a hammer, everything looks like, you guessed it, a nail! This season, it's Nails, Nails, Nails at Homer's Hardware. We're available 24 hours a day, 8 days a week to meet all of your nail needs. We've got concrete nails, roofing nails, steel wire nails, rivet nails, duplex nails, cloud head nails, brad nails, nail guns, annular nails, copper disc rivet nails, worm head nails, hardboard pins, lost head nails, masonry nails, panel pins, plasterboard nails, sprig nails, square twisted nails, staple nails, packs, upholstery nails, and more. You nail it, we've got it. Special offer this week only. Off the nails, half off. Keep them pesky undead suckers locked up, or else. Terms and conditions apply. See store for details. Homer's Hardware LLC is not responsible for escaped undead. It's your own fault if they get out. Why didn't you nail them up right in the first place? Offering half off nails is not redeemable for cash value. And now for our special public service announcement.
5: This is Dr. Jessica Hildebrand the shelter administrator and veterinarian at Gaston County Animal Care and Enforcement. Today, I'd like to share some information about black cats so you know what to do if you happen to see one cross your path this Halloween season. First, and most importantly, do not harm black cats. We've all heard the superstition that black cats bring bad luck, but did you know that in some countries, like Ireland or Japan, black cats actually symbolize good luck? Unfortunately, here in the United States, animal shelters like ours see an increase in mistreatment of black cats during the Halloween season. The superstition that black cats are bad luck is simply not true and is certainly no excuse for abusing an animal. Second, did you know that black is the most common fur color among cats? Cats can't help having black fur. It's in their genes. In fact, the gene for black fur is dominant, which is why we tend to see more black or gray cats than white, orange, or brown. And last, unfortunately, black cats can have a harder time finding forever homes. It boils down to superstition and misinformation. But let me assure you, black cats are just as sweet and cuddly as their Calico and Tabby brothers and sisters. If you want to learn more about adoptable cats and dogs, Come on down to the Gaston County Animal Care and Enforcement Shelter. And remember, please help us prevent animal abuse this season.
0: From the high peaks of Crowder's Mountain the murky depths of the Catawba River. This is spooky citizen AM.
1: Hello friends. How are you doing? Are these stories getting to you? They're getting to me. Caller from McAdenville. You're on the air.
6: Hi Bart. I'm Lisa from McAdenville.
1: Hi Lisa. What do you have for us this evening?
6: So, my grandfather used to tell me this story growing up. So when he was a young boy, his mother had this portrait of her brother hanging on their wall. They lived in a mill village, and I can't quite remember which one. It really could have been any one of them around here. They all lived in a mill village. My grandfather and his family and all of their other extended family. Anyway, one evening, he was playing on the floor while his mother sat in her rocking chair. I think she was knitting or something. And they both heard something fall. And they looked over and they noticed that the brother's portrait had fallen off the wall and the glass had broken. Well, later that night, my grandfather's dad came home from a shift at the mill, and he said that his brother-in-law, my mom's brother, had been killed in an accident on his machine. And it turns out that the portrait fell off the wall at the exact moment that
0: he was killed.
1: I've heard of that kind of thing happening before. Thank you very much for the call. It seems to me, and this is just my amateur opinion... But I've been doing this show for a long time, and I've heard a lot of calls. But it seems to me that when a death happens tragically, gruesomely, or otherwise without any warning, that is a catalyst for some sort of supernatural activity. Alright, next caller, you're on the line. Okay, a reminder, folks. No prank calls. This line is for serious reports of paranormal incidences only. Uh, Let's just go ahead and take another sponsor break.
4: Well, folks, it's that time of year again. It's harvest time. We've got the season's bounty and plenty of it. A family-run farm, Penny Royal Produce has the goods you want. This season's harvest garlic, lots of garlic, and that's all, you know why, new this year, we've got steaks, nope, not the kind you eat with potatoes, the wooden kind, Any Royal Produce is picked with care for you to wear,
0: to keep that scary somewhere. your host,
1: Bart Hell. Hello out there, and welcome back. Is your spine tingling yet? Have you felt that chill? You certainly should have, because there are things out there that would surely chill even the most skeptical person. Let's go ahead and take another call. Jonathan from Belmont, you're on the line.
0: Hi Bart, first time caller here.
1: Well, very nice to have you on the program. Please tell us your story.
0: I had something happen to me about, oh, uh, 40 years back or so. I think it was maybe 1977 or 1978, so somewhere around about then. I was a teenager, and I was driving home from my girlfriend's house in uh, down in Blacksburg. Um, I was driving along, and I came upon a real lonely stretch of road.
1: Things always seem to happen on lonely stretches of road, don't they?
0: I reckon they do. It, it did to me. I was driving, sort of in my own little world, you know, as you do and I saw this beautiful red light in the sky. It seemed like it was some distance away, kind of way far away and way up in the sky. But then all of a sudden, it just got closer and closer. There wasn't any, there wasn't any shape to it. It was just a bright blob of light. And before I knew it, it was right over my car, and it, it was keeping pace with me.
1: That's astonishing, sir. Did it make any noise? Did it have any features that were discernible to you at that distance?
0: No, sir. No, sir. The light was just too bright. It flooded everything around me. It was all I could do to see the road right in front of me. I hate to say it, and I hope the statute of limitations on this has passed, but I floored it. Bart, I tell you, I floored it. I started doing nearly 80 miles an hour on this old country road, and believe me when I tell you, this narrow old road was not built for such speeds. I kept driving as fast as I could, but eventually the road tapered into a real dense patch of forest had to slow down because the road started snaking back and forth through the woods, like, like those old country roads do. I thought maybe the light would go away, because if it were some kind of craft or something, it would definitely be too big to navigate so low and through such a dense forest. But I guess it was smaller than I thought, because even though the light it emitted encompassed everything around me and my whole field of view, it was still right over me. If anything, it was hugging even closer to the top of my car. I just got one word for how I was. A gog. A gog? Yep, a gog. That's the best word to describe the state I was in. It just so happened to be that when I got out of that little patch of woods with that thing still following right on top of me, that there was a stretch of road that was only flanked on both sides by an old church on the left and a little dive-type restaurant, that's why I call them a dive-type restaurant, on the right. And it was that when I passed by there, that thing must have got tired of following me or something, because it shot up into the air and into the distance in front of me, and I saw the light get smaller and smaller and smaller as it disappeared into the horizon. So I don't know what that thing was, but I still think about it to this day. And I'll tell you something, Bart. It's followed me as closely in my thoughts for the last 40 years as it followed me that night in my car.
1: That is a truly fantastic story. Thank you for the call, sir. Next caller, you're on the line. Jimmy, turn that mic down. What's going on? Why are the lights off? How did you get in here?
3: Why? Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please hang up and try your call again.